You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's Locked On Mavericks. It's your favorite uh, Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm Mike. He's Jake. Thank you for listening. You can follow me at uh, Machine Sports. You can follow the show at Locked On Mavs, and you can follow him at Not Jack Kemp. Um, it's the episode for Wednesday, January 11th, episode number 68. Um, we are a part of the larger Locked On podcast network. One, you know, tomorrow will be episode number 69. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> just lobbed it and you like didn't want to even jump you just caught it and it's like a dirt a dirt uh, yeah <laughs> it was um there's a uh there's a locked on cowboys podcast out there and i'm sure that's just like a that amish kid on rumspringer right now just uh they're just losing their minds because uh actual conflict is right around the corner but uh check that out if you want to get ready for the divisional round matchup and uh yeah thank you for checking us out um, if you haven't uh, previously, um, what we're going to do today is a couple different things that aren't really, don't really pertain to the current state of the Mavericks or, um, you know, the next game, which is a Mexico City game against the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, if you want somebody to pay attention to your team, you should probably put them at a 9 p.m. game in Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. it feels very much like sending the... Uh the Bills and Jaguars to London. <laughs> exactly. Y'all go down there and just whatever, guys. Um, all right, so news of the day. Um, I guess l- last night, I don't know, I was working, so I didn't see this for a little bit. But um, So there's this thing in the new CBA called the designated player, um, whatever, provision. And if you have a really good player, you can, that can, you can choose a designated player and you can uh, – Give them a ass ton of money uh, and sign them to an extension, basically making it easier for you to retain uh, a superstar. Well, there's one superstar that would be up after next offseason who is eligible for an extension um, as soon as the next calendar year, or the next NBA uh, calendar year begins, and that would be DeMarcus Cousins. And so whenever the offseason begins, I believe... Uh, he's going to sign a contract for a five-year extension for $207 million, which sounds absolutely nuts, but uh, he's worth it. Um, so I know the Mavericks have flirted with uh, messing around in the boogie pool. Um, I think they said at the beginning of this, uh, this season yeah. that uh, he's gonna definitely going to be one of our targets after next year. Well, no crap. Um, I, just, I, I, w- I would like to go in that front office and, and go, uh, what's your plan now? What you got? Um, who's your next? Who's the next big giant free agent that's going to save you from uh, what you've done over the last five years? Um, I I actually still don't think Boogie's going to sign that. You don't think so? No. I think I he'll sign. I think he'll sign it, and then he'll force his way out in a trade. I think that's possible. That's the great fear. Like every GM fears yeah, that they, right now. <laughs> they can. Yeah. Give me my. Give me all the money I can possibly get. By staying. And, 
Yeah, and then I'm going to be here for one year, and then I'm out. And I think that's going to happen a couple times, and this whole extension thing is going to look kind of goofy about two or three years down the line uh, whenever we're like, damn, we just gave them a lot more money, and they're not staying. (laughs) Yeah, but at that point, though, that would be – you're talking about usually when you sign an extension like that, your value is highest when it's signed. Mm -hmm. So – I don't know that anybody's going to trade if he signs a five-year. How old is Cousins right now? He is uh, probably 26, 27. So let's say that he signs it, and then he uh, he signs it this offseason. He's 26. He'll be 27 in August. That would erase his 26 year. It would be mm-hmm. 26, 27. Let's say that in the middle of his 28 or 29-year-old season, that's when he is trying to force a trade with two mm-hmm. year, two and a half years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. That's a lot less appealing than trading for him right now. Oh, yeah. So that's the problem is the only way that you're going to be able to sign that huge deal is for your ages like 28 through 32 or 27 through 32 or 33. Yep. And if you have to sign it, then wait a certain amount of time before it's able to be um, before it's able to be moved. You're kind of getting into the era or the area of acquiring a old player on a bad deal. Yeah. And if you're just looking from this. I always, I mean, I always look at everything, every kind of piece of news that comes out around contracts and things like that. Um, very skeptical. And if you are the Kings and you are um, even Boogie's agent, it would probably help you to float this out there so that it, if a team is interested, they might try and trade before they do it. So you're kind of putting a, um, you're forcing action. Um, you're basically saying, well, I'm going to sign this next off season unless, you know, I get traded. So why don't you go ahead and bring your best offer and let's see if we can get out of here. Um, so it kind of puts a ticking time bomb on any team that's trying to trade for him. If they had any, uh, visions or any, um, you know, grand plans of signing him next off season. Um, so they're on the clock. If you're trying to trade for boogie, um, the other part of this is, um, just, more uh, confirmation from the Mavericks angle that a free agent star is not going to come in here and save this stinking thing. No matter what you think about it, no matter what your big plans are, no matter how fun uh, the end of June, beginning of July is an NBA free agency, a big name, game changing uh, free agent is not going to come in here and save the Mavericks from this rebuild that they're still going to have to undergo. And I think we all need to like deal with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it can be part of a rebuild if it's a guy at the right age. Like Cousins is not free this offseason, but if he was, and somehow they signed to Marcus Cousins, and they still had Barnes, and they still had Matthews, and they still had a top seven pick, and they still had Dirk uh, to come off the bench, that team is making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, for sure. They might yeah. be just an eight seed that year, but – Dude, I'm to the point now, and I saw Josh Bowe make this point the other day. I'm not saying that his asset value is higher, but right now, Harrison Barnes is better than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And right now, to me, DeMarcus Cousins is better than Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. So you got the two best players on their team, and then you have, I think, a better coach, more experience, and you have, what, the rest of your roster would be infinitely better because Dirk would still be like your third best player. They don't have anybody that good on their roster. And they're probably going to get close to making the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're only Minnesota is right now four games out. 
They played a super tough schedule like Dallas did. They'll probably finish like ninth or 10th in the West. Mm-hmm. I think right now, Cousins, Barnes, Matthews, Dirk, I don't know what you'd do at point guard outside of maybe just, you know, one year offering D-Will again, but you'd have no money left after signing someone like Cousins. But even if you kept Anderson, you kept Powell, or maybe you had to move Powell if you're playing Dirk off the bench, you still have Beret, you still have Harris, you still have Curry. That team is finishing in the top. They might only finish eighth, but they're eighth that year, and then they're heading in the right direction. Yeah. No, that'd be, I mean, I'd love for that to happen. I, it's just not going to. <laughs> I, I think that'd be really fun. Like, I, I want Boogie here, and it kind of breaks my heart that uh, he's what, you know, at least the news that's coming out, that he's going to spend his entire career um, in Sacramento. Um, the other part of this is, so looking over this list, and now that Boogie's off of the, or allegedly, if you just take this for what it's worth, surface value, and Boogie's off of the 2018 free agent list, um, it really, uh, really annoys me that the Mavericks and Cuban in particular will say that there's no Le- LeBron James in this draft. There's no James Harden in this draft. There's no you know Westbrook in this draft. Well, let me tell you what. There's also not a LeBron James, a uh, James Harden, a Russell Westbrook that you're going to be able to get into the room with as a free agent. You're not going to get a meeting with anybody on that level as a free agent. So if your bar is this player – you're not in the room with any of these players over the next two years. So why don't you take the draft freaking seriously and quit saying it sucks? <laughs> and I know it's just rhetoric, and it, but it really pisses me off whenever they downplay the importance of the draft, um, especially when you're not one of the big swinging Ds that can get a meeting with, uh, with any of – I mean, this offseason, all the guys that are free are going back to their teams, all the guys of consequence. Like, I mean, in general, that's going to happen, I think, at a higher rate than before going forward, not just this year. Like, right. That's the new, yeah. Right. If you said, but I, I just think Boogie's situation is so bad. That's the only reason I say that about him. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely different. Um, I just don't – I really don't want him to sign that extension, but if he's – and I really don't think it's in his best interest to sign it and then force him his way out. But um, anyway um, – are uh, the apple of, or one of the apples of our eye this whole entire season? Uh, Nerlens Noel was on the uh, the vertical pod with uh, with Woj yesterday. They dropped it. I don't know when it was recorded, but uh, uh, pretty interesting to listen to him. I've never had a chance to listen to him in any kind of long form. Um, really immature kid, um, and I don't know if any of that's his fault. I mean, he talks like a twenty two year old would. Um, got a lot of excuses up his sleeve. But he's very, very calm and very, uh, you know, doesn't get rattled whenever he has to explain some of the stupid crap he's done. Um, And you don't know what being 19 and being forced to be, like, the laughing stock of the entire league does to somebody. Man, I I had a different opinion than you did. I don't think think he came off poorly at all. And it might be just that I'm in the tank for him at this point. (laughs) Right. But, I, I mean, to me, I could definitely see – I think it's a bad bit where, one, the reason that I, I'm in, I have trouble with the one-and-done rule mm-hmm. uh, or even the idea of, you know, doing away with the one-and-done rule is I think it's really bad for kids 19 years old to go into the NBA and just sit there. Yeah. I think it's really bad. As do I. Um, and I so, mean, how many careers have been borderline ruined because of it? You know? Yeah. 
So to me, I think like I totally understand why he in, like why he has had a bad attitude. I mean, you're going to be late when you're 19, dude. I'm late. I've been late now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in the last couple of years, I mean, it happens, dude. It happens to people at regular jobs in their 20s, and it, just because everybody's on this insane millennial snowflake, like, oh, you, you're, dude, you know how many times my dad was probably late to his job growing up? He was a member of a union and he couldn't get fired. <laughs> uh, like. It, it's possible to be late. You're 19. Yep. You just went from basically pampered AAU basketball to high school or to college. And then, you know, it's not surprising to me that he was that he was late or that he had a bad attitude while having to sit out an entire year and just getting his brains beat in uh, whenever he did play. Like, on one hand, you'd like to say that that's not a real appealing equality, but, or equality, but if you compare him to other athletes, it's not abnormal at all. Yeah, and, and I, now that he is now that he is healthy and he's obviously can impact games, they're not playing him. Yeah, I mean he's he's in a real tough spot this year because obviously his contract is up and he's going to hit restricted free agency, and they're basically uh, squeezing him out of minutes, and they're basically treating him like the Mavs used to do Brandon Wright uh, every year that his contract would come up, which is basically like hide him the first half of the season, uh, so no one offered him too big of a deal, and they could bring him back. Um, yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he came off bad. That's not what I. I, I apologize if that's what. Uh, well, a couple years ago he did. Like I heard him interviewed a couple years ago, and he sounded like a real brat. Yeah. <laughs> but now with the perspective of him, like he sounds more grown up, dude. You know a good comparison. I think this. Whenever I talk to, uh, when I hear bad radio talk to or off the air talk to Tyler Sagan, mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that that dude is like twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. But I swear, man, when you talk to him. He sounds 35 Yeah, because he came into the league when he was so young right. and he was on such a big stage in such a big market for hockey. And he was like late all the time. He was out at the bar with his shirt off all the time. And now he's like a seven or six year vet. And yep. he completely was like burned by that experience and then like forged in the fire. Mm-hmm. And now he sounds like an adult. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer of, um, you're a completely different person from the time you're 18, 19 to age 22, 23. Like, I think that's the most I ever changed was, uh, was like that four to five year span. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people that have, and he hasn't even been in trouble. You know what I mean? It's not like he's like in front of a, a probate judge or something like that. Um, but I just, I've heard a lot of like, um, kids of this age, when you start asking them, like, why did you do this? Or what do you think about, um, you know, uh, your actions here? And they got a lot of excuses, and they kind of deflect. And they – he was very positive, which is cool, um, which is all you can be. Um, I just wanted him at one point to be like, yeah, man, I kind of messed up, and I was figuring myself out. Um, and all I can do is prove people wrong uh, here forward. And he kind of did that in his own way. Um, but whenever – you know, there's the house thing that he rented that people can easily Google and look that up. There's the the late crap. Um, I'm sure there's some other stuff. I mean, him bitching about his time, his min- uh, minutes and stuff like that. And I just wanted on one of them for her to be like, yeah, man, I messed up. <laughs> I really yeah. I really screwed up. <laughs> That's true. But that would uh, be uh, that would be you don't really hear that all that often. You hear like I learned it. I'm moving forward. Right. Yeah. It's it's not it's not like metabolizing what you actually did. It's it's deflecting and going po- going positive. And that might be too much, way too much uh, psychology reading into um, you know his statements. But 
I would check no, that I out. No, I get that. I, I get that. I guess for, from my main concern is if I listen to him talk, do I still feel like he's a problem? And yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think he's a problem. I don't think he's a problem at all. I think I, I would still be comfortable uh, bringing him in here. That hasn't changed my opinion uh, in any way. And I mean, I'm a big believer in you're a different dude in those five, four to five years of your life. And I'm a big believer in you're a different dude depending on the new situation you're in. <laughs> if you move, if you move high schools, uh, if you move um, schools and school districts in between junior high and high school you have a chance to become whoever the hell you want to be now. No one here knows you as that old you. You're, you're the new you. Um, and I think if he goes to a team and an organization that, you know, actually um, knows how to develop and knows how to, um, you know, just run their franchise like a professional franchise and treat their kids right, I think he'll be perfectly fine. Um, Man, I wouldn't even so much say that the Sixers are bad at that. Like, I've heard Embiid talk about how – when his brother died, the way that the organization handled, like, Brett Brown being there with him. I think it's more just that their whole deal of, like, we're going to draft guys who don't play have to play right away, that is really dangerous. Yeah. Like I was just saying, the fact that he sat there for a year, after all you've known is playing basketball, you sat there for a year on an NBA team, you're obviously, prop, you're obviously not going to be, like, locked in. Yep. And then once he does get healthy, they just continue to draft bigs that are squeezing him out. Yep. That plus the injuries, none of it really is all that much of a surprise to me. I think he just – he needs to play 35 minutes a night and yep. find out what he's capable of. I think, I think Embiid's kind of their golden goose. He's kind of their, their little brother that they really wanted to take care of. And obviously, from what they've done over the you know, last two to three years, it's worked, but – um, I think they learned a lot of lessons with Nerlens. Like, he was one of their first tries at doing this. And all the mistakes they made with him, they uh, corrected whenever they were handling Embiid. And so I, I get your comparison. I just feel like they're a little bit different case study. Um, That's true. Because, I mean, they, you know, they, he's he's just a different animal. He's um, goes to the uh, the camps with uh, Luke Umute or however you say his name. And they, mm-hmm. they've, <laughs> he's just, he's just a different kind of dude than Nerlens, and he's the second generation of Nerlens, and he's this, and maybe Nerlens can be that in two to three years. Um, but uh, one last thing, I wanted to give you a solid number on starting cap space, maximum maximum cap space, and projected cap space for the Mavs uh, this off season, just so we're all on the same page. Um, starting cap space is basically um, without renouncing anybody. The Dallas Mavericks can have $35.1 million this offseason. Um, maximum cap space um, is if they waived or renounced the, all the players possible, uh, it's 37.4. And then uh, their projected is 28.8. And that's actually a lot compared to a lot of teams this season. If you have 28.8, is that including Dirk or no? Uh, I don't think Dirk is on the books there. Or yeah, he might, it's team. Yeah, because it's team. Or, yeah, whatever it is, team or player, I think it's team. Um, but, I mean, that's top five in basically all of those um, for this offseason. And some of the teams that are above them, like Golden State, like Sacramento, um, I assume they're – Extensions. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming extensions are going to lock those in. So, a lot of money. Uh, some of the most uh, cap space in the league, so – we got to, we got some stuff to play with. 
Yeah, and I don't think any of your big names are going anywhere, but I do think that um, <clears throat> I think that you can probably make a run at a Barnes-like player. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's probably accurate. I mean, I don't want any part of signing like Jeff Green, <laughs> right? I mean, does but, Abac- know, does Abaca interest you at all? Yes, yeah. although they would be really silly to let him go. Yeah, um, but then again. They have like a million guys that they have to figure something out on. <laughs> right. Um, Reek. Mm-hmm. Eh. You know, I can I'll sell s- myself on that. I'll see the rest of his season, and yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we, there's oh. no, it, it's top-heavy, and most of the top-heavy is going to stay with their team. But we talked about some of these guys. Otto Porter. Right. Yeah, the restricted free agent market is almost more interesting. Um, and, I mean, if, with that kind of money – um, and I think the moratorium's way shorter now. A um, lot, lot of this coin right here might be going to Nerlens um, in an offer that uh, shoes the um, the 76ers out of the picture if they're uh, going to commit to Embiid. So, all right, interesting stuff. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m., uh, Suns in Mexico City. Check that out. And, uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man, I'll see you. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.